Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Clintel Steve is an artist born in 1977 in Utah, living and working in New York City. He holds a BFA in painting from the Art Institute of Chicago and an MFA from Indiana University, and completed advanced studies at the New York Studio School of Drawing, Painting, and Sculpture. In 2001, Clintel drove to New York City with his easel tied to the top of his car and settled in Harlem. He's shown at Bogey Fine Art, the Bridge Art Fair, Ellen's Run in Southampton, the Phillips Church in Harlem, amongst other venues. He's received the John Koch Award from the National Academy of Arts and Letters, the Nicolette Rehm Award, a Milton and Sally Avery Award, and a Fuji Summer Scholarship from the New York Studio School. I met up with Clintel in his Sunset Park studio in Brooklyn, and we had a deep talk about life as an artist, Miles Davis, finding your center, responsibility to your community, societal expectations, the fast and the furious, and much more. Here's our conversation. So why don't, why don't we get started with where you got started? Cool. So you grew up in Utah. Yeah, I grew up in Utah, yeah. yeah. How, how's Utah? <laughs> You know, I visited Utah, yeah, oh, Salt really? Lakes and stuff, and went through it. What? But what's it like growing up there? Um, oh God, you know, Utah. Utah was both sometimes amazing, um, sometimes sad, um, sometimes um, uh, uh, with like. I think I had certain revelations about myself mm-hmm. um, in high school yeah. that still resonate with me. Yeah. Um, I think I saw things about nature, um, vivid things like being in the mountains and seeing like bad air yeah. over the city. I mean, Utah actually now has like bad air days. And um, back then we could see the, the smog from all the cars. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that was something that was... Um, I don't know if I wasn't from Utah, I would have been able to see something so so sort of amazing and, and immediate. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. How far did you live from the city? Well, so Sandy, Utah's kind of spread out. Like, uh, it's a little bit like New York Yeah. in this way. Like, it has its different boroughs. So you can be in West Valley. Um, you can be in Kearns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kearns is a part of West Valley. Um, then you can be in Sugar House, which is almost by downtown, you mm-hmm. know, Salt Lake. Yeah. And then you can be in Sandy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's other, but it's kind of broken up like that. Yeah. So um, I, I was always re- relatively close to the city. I mean, it, it, it has a, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, it has its, growing up, I definitely was into fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I loved, uh, the, the, you know, the Bomb magazine. I loved, yeah. um, I loved certain rap magazines that were coming out at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I would look at those magazines and, um, I was affected by them. Yeah. So I guess I wasn't necessarily isolated mm-hmm. in that, um, in that, in that, in the growing up either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you were connecting through media, right? Like yeah. Like through magazines and stuff like that. I mean, what yeah. was the music scene like in Utah? It's funny cause Ice Cube came out there. Oh really? Um, I think DMX yeah. came out there. Um, because I grew up religious and I was a bit young when those things were happening. Right. I mean, I was maybe like 15 or something mm-hmm. like that. 
But uh, those guys perform live, some of my friends. So we were very much into rap. Uh, yeah. The Wu-Tang Clan right. uh, came out. I was myself was into Tupac a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I listened to a lot of Tupac um, when I was in high school. Yeah. So we, we definitely, I listened to a lot of jazz. I, I grew up around music yeah. and, and musicians. I mean, my brother's a musician. Mm-hmm. What kind of music? Um, he does jazz. He does... Um, I grew up listening to a lot of gospel, yeah, um, because of the church too, right? And um, you know, worldly music was sort of you weren't supposed to, you know, it was kind of bad. Yeah, it almost reminds me, um, in the South, mm-hmm. and you see some of those movies about blues, and you know they're out there drinking, and the devil's there. Oh yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and I imagine those times, but. The, I think my grandmother growing up, she, the world was a lot different. I mean, she would say, you know, you could go out, people stab you, and mm-hmm. it was, I mean, it's crazy, but it's, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about today, and I'm like, what much has changed? Not that much. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. But that level of worldly music, um, you know, the blues, um, so many things, they were not God's music. Right. And uh, so it was... It, that was always sort of a situation for me growing up, I guess. Um, well, were your parents big into music? They were, but it was like, you know, it was always gospel. It was church, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, and, and uh, you know, I was listening to a Prince song once, mm-hmm. and, and my dad came in, and, and he saw that I was listening to the Prince song, and, he got, you know, he kind of got upset and, like, you know, just destroyed the CD. Oh. <laughs> Prince. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Gosh, that man, made you that made you love it even more, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that that was the other thing, you know. I always loved Prince. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know why. Uh, it's really weird. Because I, he's amazing, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> I still remember. I always think about when you know, being a painter. How you um, the first things you remember as a ch- as a kid. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. those images that like they, they burn just, in. Right? They burn yeah. in and. And when, you know, MTV, like when Prince was on MTV, I remember seeing this video. Yeah. And I think it was Purple Rain, you know, but yeah, yeah. the way that that video was made, it just like, it stuck with me. I'm like, what? what? Yeah. You don't even know what you're looking at. You're just looking at something and you realize now you're looking at genius. Right. You know? I mean, but it has a huge effect. That was, for me, that was Thriller. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. At, the, at a mall <laughs> and my friend was having a birthday party at one of those entertainment places. Right, right. And they showed Thriller. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait, this is like a movie, but it's a music video. And it was long, <laughs> but it was amazing, you know. And then yeah. I remember getting Thriller on vinyl and that was like a huge, that fold out record. Yeah, yeah. And I was big. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to talk about those moments. Yeah, right? yeah. They have a big effect on you, though. You no, know what they I mean? do. I mean, when you get older, it's like that. Even if it's music, there's something about the aesthetic of seeing that stuff. That right. It's like, oh, it's okay to be creative, or like, look at how yeah, yeah. expressive these people are. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So when you grew up in high school, when did when did you start feeling like art was something you were into? Was it were you drawing as a kid, or were you was it in school? Or? I don't. I just thought. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what it was. I mean, I just, I just started doing it, you know. Yeah. And um, I just started making drawings. I mean, as a kid, mm-hmm. and I, I never really stopped, you know. Did you have a good art teacher in school, or was it not a big part of? That? I grew up with artists. I mean, in the church, there was a woman that, I mean, um, her name is Terry. She's mm-hmm. a very beautiful woman, and uh, she was a painter. Mm-hmm. Um, when I hung out with her, when I got older. 
and yeah. I would see her paintings. There was another woman named Shirley, um, too, and uh, she was also. They were two of the good painters in my in, in my in, in my community. Yeah, and uh, what were they painting? Portraits. Uh, some of the times she Terry painted a lot of portraits, um, mm-hmm. and then Shirley she could paint, you know, almost. I think she could have painted whatever she wanted. Yeah, just one, had the skills. Yeah, she had skills. I mean, they, one time they made this painting of, of the end times mm-hmm. together. They like collaborated on it, like the apocalypse. Like the apocalypse. Yeah, because uh, we we had a Bible class on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hits you hard, right? When you, yeah, when you're young and you hear about that stuff. <laughs> well, you know, when I tell people these stories, they're not. I don't always talk about them. Yeah. Um, and they're very intimate. Mm-hmm. And then being African-American and religious, mm-hmm. um, I think it has a certain amount of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if people always respect it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a deal of people just giving over to something. Right. Um, and, and something that's unbelievable or not unbelievable, but it's unseen. Yeah. Um, so I don't always talk about it, but this deep, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, yeah. Um, when I was growing up, yeah, they made this painting, and it was basically how the Antichrist was going to raise up and mm-hmm. take over, and the tribulation would mm-hmm. then happen. Yeah. And this painting was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened to it. Um, I, I don't know. But it had, like, it was one of those early on etched into your mind, like, paintings? It, <laughs> I think I think the it was it was definitely one of those moments. Mm-hmm. I think that idea of the of the of the image mm-hmm. um, became powerful with me. Right. Um, like the, the idea of the object, which I was going to talk about with the thriller thing. Mm-hmm. Like just on, on this thing, like my brother loved thrillers so much that he got the jacket. Oh yeah, yeah. And he got the red the leather <laughs> jacket with the zippers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we all wanted that. Every, every, I mean, <laughs> when that thing showed up, but I was just thinking that, you know, that's that's funny, right? So I was always seeing this, not knowing, mm-hmm. but that was the idea that that jacket, it wasn't just the jacket, was it? I mean, it was this this thing that he had put so much power, that Michael Jackson had made powerful. Yeah, yeah. This, this ordinary jacket, I mean, the design of it was awesome, of course, but right. it, it had so much meaning because yeah. my brother put so much meaning into it, so... I think that that too has affected me. Yeah. Right. That we put meanings right into objects. Into objects. Um, and like a look too, in a way. Yeah. I mean, he had a style. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Like short pants <laughs> and like a glove. You know, like who can wear one glove <laughs> like that? But it became like monumental. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. 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 But that yeah. was based on his talent and his creativity, really. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. but you weren't seeing. You were seeing their paintings, but you weren't going to. Were you going to museums and? Galleries, or were you seeing a lot of work firsthand? No, I wasn't. I wasn't doing that. And then I was just making drawings of like the the sugar bears. Do you remember that? There's like oh, the, yeah. those children books. Yeah, yeah. And that's like one of the first things I made. And <clears throat> then I was drawing like Garfield. And then I got into Mad Comics. That's funny because I used to draw Odie. <laughs> oh yeah. You know the dog <laughs> yeah. all the time. I don't yeah. know why, not Garfield, but I was always drawing Odie. <laughs> yeah, Odie was cool too. Because yeah, you know I, the, the shapes. I think I was. Yeah, they're they're kind of funky, but they're in a funky really shapes. Way. Like the Mad Comics, there was a couple characters that they had that would show up all the time. Yeah. And this guy, I realized. Um, it's kind of funny, but I would draw this shape. This this guy's 
you know, this cartoon all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of knew it without looking at it. And, and I think I was just responding to the, um, almost very naively to, to, to relationships of, of, of forms. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you get interested in something that looks different, you know? Yeah. Whether it's subject matter or whether it's just yeah. shapes yeah. or color. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think you, out. I think Mad always had a, funny stuff that they would write right you know funny jokes and i think there was some commentary i probably didn't even understand about right. life um but i the way that it was drawn sometimes i could vibe with you yeah. know yeah for some reason i really connected with that back cover where you fold it oh yeah and become something else and i love that <laughs> I would. I couldn't wait to get that, and I would look at the spy versus spy thing, and I think it was just the, the the stark contrast of it, and it was like, why are these guys going after each other? And then that back cover where they, you you know, it's a face and it becomes a landscape or something. That tripped me out too. I was always really into that. I love that. Yeah, I love that. There's those little things. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Isn't that funny? Me, me either. I mean, those things are stored. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're the first things. Um, like I used to go get posters a lot too, mm-hmm. but it'd be like of music I never listened to right away. But like the, I think it was, uh, it wasn't ACDC. I think it was like Megadeth or one of these yeah. rock groups, and it's like heavy metal. But they always had the skeleton dude. Oh Eddie, yeah, that's Megadeth. Is that mess Megadeth? And yeah, I never I, listened to him, but we all knew that. that yeah, the image. image of that poster yeah, yeah. was like so powerful too. You're yeah. like yo, that's crazy. That's I don't know, on their part, that's pretty smart. You know, like Metallica always had those yeah. record covers that kids yeah. were just like, yeah, man. And then you go in and they go home and they'd be like, that's what that sounds like? And they'd be like, hell yeah. And they'd be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, when, so, and you're listening, to, you're listening to rap music, you're drawing a little bit, and then when you're in high school, are you thinking, I'm going to go, you know, did you go straight to art school? Well, it's just, what happened was this guy came to my school. I had some supportive art teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, Always important. Yeah, and, and I had one woman. She was really su- supportive of me. And um, this guy came, and he was talking about going to art schools. And I, I just decided to buy these paints. Mm-hmm. Um, to buy the, I, I bought the starter kit, basically, is what it was, of oil paints. Mm-hmm. And then I just took those home. And um, I always tell the story, but it's the truth. I, I, the first thing I ever painted was Miles Davis. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like a chromatic, just black and white. Mm-hmm. But um, I was never the same after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and, and then I stayed home for like two weeks. I didn't go to school. Mm-hmm. I started just staying home and painting. And then I made all these crazy paintings. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm saying they're crazy, but no, no, no. I'll show you images. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just, I just got immersed, and and then I just, I started to change as a person. Um, I started looking at modern painters. Mm-hmm. I posted about this. Um, David Bowie interviewed Balthus. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know, but I knew what I was looking at was powerful. Right. And I stopped kind of looking at. I, not necessarily, but I kind of started to, I guess, try to look at more painting and just, uh, I just got into that. You caught the bug? And I caught the bug, and then I basically, uh, I went to the Chicago Art Institute yeah, yeah. after that. And um, What year was that that you went there? It was in 95. 95. Yeah. 
good music going on there, man. Man, it was Chicago's. Yeah, it was bubbling then. Yeah, you know, lots yeah. of. Well, I know. Post rock, post jazz, you know, like yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of blues too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. It's, yeah. I you saw. You can't take that away from Chicago. <laughs> I saw Ray Charles there. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I was pretty far away from it, but. Yeah. But still. Yeah, I think he had like almost. It wasn't diamond, but it was almost just encrusted. It was glowing. Yeah. Basically, jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw, I did a couple other things. You know, the, the thing about me was, even when I was in Chicago, I saw more live music probably here in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a bit of the same, uh, and I was afraid to do a lot of things because of the way I was raised. Mm-hmm. So I, I, was, I wasn't afraid to move to Chicago, but I wouldn't necessarily go to the South Side. Right. Um, I had a cousin that lived on the South Side. Mm-hmm. I know there was a lot of music that was playing live on the South Side. Yeah. But I just basically would go home and go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, grandma's lesson kind of sunk in, right? Yeah. Maybe too much. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I think that for me, that was the most important thing, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when I got to Chicago. Like um, my life changed as a person, mm-hmm. and I think uh, um, history became really important yeah. to me. You know what I'm saying? And and this is getting me to where I am today mm-hmm. in many ways. It yeah. was to start there. So even though I wasn't necessarily having this profound moment, maybe of because I know um, when I think it was Ken Burns came out with that blues series. The jazz, you mean the, jazz? He, or did, did he do blues too? He, he did blues too. I don't know before if he, jazz. I I don't know which one became first, but I know he did the blues. Yeah. If you ever can see this, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen ja- the jazz one. But you got to see the blue, the blues one. I mean, it, it's it's incredible. Yeah. They used they just showed on PBS. I remember when it came out, and maybe I did see it. You I might mean, they cover the Robert Johnson. I think I've seen. Maybe yeah, that I mean, like oh, so many incredible blues artists. I didn't even know about these people. Um, but I, I, it all came from like this. Once I left Utah and I was able to go to Chicago, mm-hmm. being able to study painting, look at painting critically, um, go to the Art Institute. I know it's right there, man. Yes. You can't. Yeah. You're entrenched in like all yeah. that history. Yeah, and 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 that was like I I went to I, with the NAACP. I went to Chicago before I moved there. Mm-hmm. And um, that was an incredible experience, too. Yeah. But I remember a lot of the people were partying a lot. I mm-hmm. went to one. Um, it was cool. It was, like, in a hotel room. We were, like, down. It, I mean, just your typical, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy DJing, like, on the old school CD players. Yeah, yeah. These guys. <laughs> it was really funny, actually. Yeah. You know, I didn't only stay, but the one thing I wanted to do was go to galleries and go to the museum. Yeah. I could have cared less about those parties yeah. are, you know my mind was like I wanted to look as hard as I could and yeah. see as much as I could and and just be immersed in that, that culture that right. way of thinking because I wasn't shown that as a kid you right. know what I'm saying yeah. information when you're talking about like if you're talking about Jesus coming mm-hmm. and your concern is hell mm-hmm. or going to heaven or hell um, there's not a lot of room for Beethoven in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yo, I need to confess, you know what I'm saying? Right. I, I looked at this girl, this woman the wrong way, or, you know, I just 
flip this kid off. Yeah. Um, I'm not supposed to do that. Right. And all that stuff is good. I mean, I think those things, those moral things are actually mm-hmm. really awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I have them. But there was also a lot of sadness, I think, in not being able to be that person who could, you know, listen to Beethoven and, right. and, and, and you know, read Shakespeare, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, King James Version Bible is really important, mm-hmm. but so is Shakespeare. Right. And there and there's similar <laughs> there's similar morals and you yeah. know there's a lot of right. It's all human nature, really. Right. Yeah. Just a different code or right. something. You know, right. different stories. Yeah. But you see, the the I I believe like, and maybe this is why I paint because, and maybe this is why paintings exist. Mm-hmm. If you think about structures of like communities and generations and information, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like somehow we're kind of controlled in those ways that we think. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's not, it's like, well, if I'm African-American and I'm religious, uh, I felt like my family was very afraid of the institution of academia. Right. One was because of racism mm-hmm. and one was because the world kind of a wicked place yeah which it is Mm -hmm. but if you think like that and you have children and all kids I don't care what nationality they are Mm -hmm. a child's inclination is to be the adventurer is to experience is to ask questions you you know you know as a father you know daddy what's this mean daddy what's that daddy what's this so if you shut that down Mm -hmm. at a young age are you 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 don't nourish that right um then it's replaced by fear or it's you know re- it's it's replaced by fear mm-hmm. um and we have a saying being pent up right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you know but it's a true thing yeah. you, you you become the caged pit bull and uh once you get outside you lash out yeah so sometimes i think about that um with being african american mm-hmm. um being raised in a Pentecostal church, and I think about some of my friends that I've lost, and I think that's also why I try to be the way that I am too. Right. So not necessarily to be like, oh well, I'm you know I'm the Clintel, the painter, which I don't really even know what that means, mm-hmm. um, but that I'm an African American male who went to school, who has ambition, mm-hmm. who wants to add to my community, who wants to say something about my time, mm-hmm. right, yeah. of, of living and existing that maybe goes beyond some of the things that I grew up seeing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I was thinking about it the other day, you know, it's like, you know, I was in Vermont and I was talking to some of the artists, you know, and, and some of the things I said, you know, some of the images I saw, again, because I lived in Indiana mm-hmm. as well, and it was always, it was the reversal of Utah in many ways, but I told him, like, I saw a kid get arrested, and I think I was in, like, seventh, sixth, seventh grade, mm-hmm. and the cops showed up, put him in handcuffs, and escorted him out the building, mm-hmm. and I don't know, it's such a mental thing to see, yeah. um, and, and there was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. that I saw from my own people. Right. 
and they all, it doesn't matter if you're from Chicago, LA, Salt Lake, mm-hmm. I feel like being African American male in this country is all sort of the same. Yeah. And uh, I think music teaches us that. Mm-hmm. You know, you may say, oh, this is Southern rap, and this is, you know, East Coast rap, and this is what, you know, all rap to me is good rap is good rap. Don't matter if you do it in Chicago or from Chicago or from St. Louis. Right. Don't matter if you're from the projects. If it's got a story to tell, it's got a story to tell. Mm-hmm. But I just think trying to change that for for myself mean, meant a lot. Yeah. And when I started painting and I started sloughing school, that's what I was, I was kind of finding myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to ask what it was like with your teachers there. <laughs> like, did they facilitate, did they help you on that path, you know what I mean? Or what, like, how was it going into that academic setting if you were, had a certain perception of how it's going to be through, you know, growing up? Yeah, well, I, once I committed to, to the idea and I got in, um, her, her name was Mr. Lotion. I wish I can almost spell it, but I can see the letters when I think about her name, but um, she was always encouraging to me. She understood me. When I got to Chicago, it was the typical problems that I'd always dealt with. Um, and, and, and those problems were, you know, writing and, um, you know, things about grammar, mm-hmm. which I've always dealt with um, as a person. Um, my, I don't know, what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always like those funny stories that they'd be the basketball guys <laughs> And they're getting, you know, and then they, they pull out the book and the dude can't read and he's like, you know, second year in college or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> <clears throat> Not to say that was my life, but right, right. again, I, language, <laughs> it's funny because if I talk about it intellectually, mm-hmm. I know also maybe not having that attention, right? Like for me growing up, for my community, it was don't be on drugs, mm-hmm. you know, don't end up in jail. Grades to me were not important. Right. That's the feeling I got. Yeah. You know, um, my father did get mad at me once I stopped school. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I was getting terrible grades. Nobody really said anything. And I'm not mad at them. Mm-hmm. I just think that's what they kind of came from too. Yeah. You know, we just pass these things down. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're not, if you don't think you can be much, then you kind of pass that down to your kids. And then, you know, I, I think I see these trends all the time. Mm-hmm. But I I was affected by that. And so my language was always a big factor. Um, still grammar for me, mm-hmm. those type of things. And I felt like that was just because, you know, I, I, you know for my kids, I wanted to make it different. I hope they make it different for their kids. Yeah. They, you know, my... You know, and, and and my daughter, I hope she can have a chance. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like sometimes being African-American, that's the thing. How do so many black men end up in prison and not say maybe this is meant to be? Right, you know, right. A fatalistic, like, view of yeah. what is going to happen. Right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, after a while, you just be like, yo, obviously it's a trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. They 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 got us, mm-hmm. and if I keep on reacting like this, it's just not gonna go well. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think about the kid. I think it's Trayvon Martin, the one with the backpack, mm-hmm. and started watching the documentary about that, mm-hmm. and the and the, and the, and the, and the dialogue between the people. 
um, how they treat the institution. And we've been brainwashed to feel like that's what it is. Yeah. I've heard people talk about going to jail like it's, you know, like right. I was meant to go like there. Like a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, right. like now. Like getting your diploma. Now I'm more baller because I went and I got through it. Right. Now look at me. Yeah. It's like, that's the, not a test you need to take. That's the biggest manipulation ever. Yeah. But so painting has always been this freedom. Well, I was I was gonna say, is there something? I I think all painters feel that there's a real liberty of communicating through visual things because yeah. you don't have to write it down. You don't have to do the essay. Right. Right. That language is something that you know someone from, mm. you know, from. You know, Mumbai or Ghana or Tokyo can come and look at your paintings and and see it, and there's a communication happens. You know, right, right, yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. a kind of a freedom of of talking through images. I mean, is mm-hmm. that kind of liberating to you whenever you were, you know, really immersing yourself? In well, I went to Florence, Italy, and I had saw these these Africans on these gondolas. Mm-hmm. Well, I forget who the painter is. I've seen him and. I remember I asked my teacher at the time, I said, it was the first time I'd ever saw like an, like a, almost a positive image. I, I know he might have been a slave, but mm-hmm. it wasn't what I was seeing here right. in my own country, yeah, yeah. which is when you opened up the book, you got, oh, this is the way they put the bodies. Right. And I just talked about this, like, roots. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, you just seeing images of the chains. Right. He's not seeing a, a brother wearing a, some kind of crazy suit, operating a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like a visual. It was a visual to there. me. I was yeah. like, and then I got. I mean, for a little while, I mean, I was fascinated by that. You know, Delacroix, the way he kind of painted black people, the way some of these black people ended up in some of these in these paintings were much more real and human to me than yeah. anything I was seeing here as a child mm-hmm. growing up. You know, we used to watch cops for fun. Yeah. That was before I went to Chicago. Right. We were sitting there laughing. This is terrible. It's yeah, not yeah. funny. Right. We were sitting in, It's real. It's real. Yeah, and yeah. how did we get <laughs> how did how did we get to thinking that was funny? Right. <laughs> and when I when I when I started painting I started questioning all those things for some reason, mm-hmm. you know, like I was a barber for a little bit, you know, my cousin, and I cut hair for a little while, and uh, I, you know, people every day they come and, you know, not well every week, you know, people come and get haircuts yeah. and stuff. So you see a lot of different, and it's you know, we all know there's African Americans in barber shops. There's right. a lot of things, but but I wanted to kind of get out of that. I didn't. I stopped cutting my hair. Mm-hmm. You know, I started becoming like more of a hippie. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, and it wasn't any of those hippie notions. It was that I was kind of questioning these things that we, I felt like we were doing superficially. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about John Coltrane or something like that, I felt like these people were operating in another mode yeah. that I wasn't getting at the barbershop. Right. And that was what I wanted to Prince. Feel. <laughs> yeah. Sun Ra. Yeah. You know? Yeah. On their own level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's still about but it was all about breaking breaking that mold. You know, I mean and I guess that's it's really interesting that Miles was that first painting because he's mm. just someone who continually mm. turned his back on what the expectation of what he should be doing was. Right. And just kept pushing 
the creative envelope right. not only for his own creativity but yeah. also as an expression of I'm not gonna just right. you know shine and just play this thing for you right. you know right. like exactly. the legendary turning his back to the audience <laughs> yeah. but he was into his artwork for what it was and right. he said I'm not just gonna go down the path of you know and that's so powerful yeah. when you think about that not, and not on a superficial level I when I think about God and I, if God, you know, people are atheists, but what a blessing that is mm-hmm. to be a person with a mind, have ambition, mm-hmm. and be able to follow that ambition. Right. And not have to hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Within that, and I'm not saying that anybody's perfect, you know, we everybody has whatever relationships, and relationships are not perfect, but I'm saying that when we at our moment are trying to give something back mm-hmm. to this this oxygen that we breathe this space that we occupy mm-hmm. and I think the people that have done that music is a form of that yeah. um, some of the great intellectual thinkers I always go back to Gandhi a lot you know mm-hmm. um, sometimes not a lot but sometimes but I really respect how he himself was able to make a stance of what he believed in yeah whether people listen to these people, which is a shame, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's because if we, if you listen to Gandhi, I don't think some of the problems that we have in the world would still be the same. Right. So there's that thing of that fight, right? Um, and I and I think sometimes we are fighting to be the individual mm-hmm. and not be a part of this machine that says if you don't, you know, if you don't, you know, by the time you reach forty. You should have a car. Right. Or you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should own property. No, yeah, it's just, and it's not, I'm not saying that it's, but who makes those rules? Yeah. Um, I didn't make that rule. Uh, I know there's other people that may not feel that way. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think a lot of times creativity and ways of thinking, and I think about different writers that have affected me or different things that I've read. You know, like I read Siddhartha once, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Staring at the waves, looking for contemplation, or looking for, you know, looking for some moment. Yeah. You know, I have a saying with a friend of mine, you know, when we get angry, we talk about finding the center. Yeah. So that you don't get angry. I think these are very powerful things. This is opposite sometimes, I think, of what my society tells me. Right. Especially as an African-American male. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, Anger doesn't, you know, it, first of all, I think African-Americans are the worst, get it the worst because if we get loud, that's saying that we're angry. Right. <laughs> but I don't always I don't always think that's true. I don't Out know. comes the pent-up aggression, right? <laughs> well, always something there. Yeah, yeah, you're never, you're always the pop, they're always the pop bottle ready for this cork to, to, to blow off yeah. or something. Yeah. You're never the, the well-balanced and well-thought-out and that was the thing, I guess, about Obama, mm-hmm. um, was that he was very well put together mm-hmm. and stable. Balanced. Balanced. He exuded it. It yeah. wasn't just, is he <laughs> just mellow? But he was just the, you know. He, he, he always came off like a butterfly. Yeah. And, um, and I, think, I think that, you know what's funny is that painting makes me want to be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, balanced. Yeah. Because if I'm angry, I can't paint. Mm-hmm. If I'm sad, if I'm stressed, 
you know, the yellow next to the blue doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I can't I can't necessarily find the, the my way to the image. Yeah. And then I think when I'm feeling balanced, um, like the samurai and I'm in control. Not necessarily in control, but the thoughts are you know, they're like a bird's wings, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and the, the everything is just flowing one peacefully. And then I think I paint better. Yeah. Well, do you ever, do you ever paint in that other mode, and then it looks different, and you scrap it, or you don't like it, or you know what I mean? I, you know, I've talked to people about the the as you know, because we're you know we're artists. The idea of the mistake. Yeah. And the mistake being the most, sometimes the most beautiful thing in a painting. Right. And there's been a couple times, I think almost you know, not that my paintings are epic, but. Epic moments for me in the painting, where the mistake was probably taking the painting to another level, and then because I made the joke, because I'm American, like American male, mm-hmm. no, I have to sweat <laughs> to get it right. right, right. You gotta earn that. I gotta yeah, earn yeah. that. Yeah. Like it can't, you know, talking to people like a painting can't arise in 20 minutes. You know, like that five minutes can't be the most precious five minutes. Right. You know, and I've destroyed things because I'm like, no, de Kooning always destroys. Yeah. You know, Bacon destroyed, and then they got the beauty. Right. Not that it was like, you know, that that mark was so luscious, you'll never get that back again. Right. <laughs> you have to like fail to uh, to sort of learn from that and like build yeah. it up. But but I think it, it's again like a, when I've had those mistake moments and I've always corrected it. It's always been worse for me, the painting. Oh, really? Yeah. You can see that? <laughs> well, I mean, I, don't, I, I always feel it. Yeah. I always, and, and I always get kind of depressed, and then I feel like I should probably stay there longer. Maybe, Keep working it out? Well, I always figure maybe if I paint that thing three or four times, maybe one of those times would be the, the perfect one. Yeah. So um, so you, you finished Chicago. Yeah. Then what did you say to yourself? Or how the what was your next move? You know, um, did you just know you wanted to come to New York? No, no, I, no, I, I, I was with people. I, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of got. I started to get this hunger to come here. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of movies. A lot of the movies I was watching. Um, I was watching. I always loved Spike Lee movies. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't really know because I was still young. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then later. Um, the movies I was watching, they were all taking place here, a lot of them. Yeah. So when I was in Chicago, I, I did start to get this hunger to come here. And uh, I think a lot of it, I went to IU for grad school, and I think some of those things happened because that's what was happening for painters. Mm-hmm. After you got your BFA, you had to go get your MFA. Right. And then you this got, is what you do. This is just <laughs> another one of those. <laughs> yeah. This is what you do. You buy a car. <laughs> You go get an MFA. <laughs> <laughs> so you did that. <laughs> it's funny, right? It yeah, is. Yes, yeah, so I, I went and got my MFA, and then um, I was with somebody, and they really wanted to come here, so we came here, and um, I ended up we ended up staying here. Yeah. And uh, I really love this place. I mean, I, I really love New York. I love the city. Yeah. It's a great place. I, you know, I remember seeing Do the Right Thing. Yeah. And that movie, 
you know, <laughs> shakes you. Yeah, man. You know? it's so Radio <laughs> Raheem. Like, I don't know if I wanted to come to New York after seeing that. I was like, there's so much tension. It was the tension, you know, that yeah. was like palpable. And I was like a little like, man, I don't know if I that might not be a place for me. <laughs> I always felt like every time Spike Lee made a movie, like, she's got to have it. Mm-hmm. A lot of those movies... Crooklyn. Crooklyn. Yeah. Um, a lot of those movies, man, they just... The way they kind of made the time of the city feel yeah. um, resonated with me all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't mind the pace right. of, of it. You know what I mean? And all the different characters, I think. Right. I, I really like that. I, I Even when I first came here... I love the fact, and I still feel like this. Um, when I when I go places and I'm with my daughter, mm-hmm. and you know we go to the beach or go to the playground, and there's just all these people hanging out together. Yeah. And I didn't have that in Utah. I yeah. didn't have that in Indiana. You know, like when I first moved to when I first officially moved here to the city, I lived on 138th mm-hmm. and Broadway. Yeah. And there's a beautiful park over there, and I. And you just see all, like all the Puerto Ricans, all the Dominicans, and all the. I never had that, you know. Like yeah. in the summer, it'd be packed and people be playing, you know, bongos and hanging out and such great energy. Yeah. I felt like like this is life, to the fullest. Right. Some diversity, right? <laughs> diversity, culture. Yeah. I mean, language. You right. know, like when I went to Italy, you know. I didn't even care, you know, just people talking in Italian next to you just mm-hmm. felt, because I never dreamed I could do those things. I've yeah. done so many cool and amazing things, I think, because of painting. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I struggle a lot, you know, obviously with, like, uh, you know, finances and, mm-hmm. you know. It's not an easy gig. Well, yeah, you know, you apply for things. I just applied for something I got turned down. I got the email yesterday, so, you know, but I always go back to, like, Van Gogh, yeah. and, um, like, I wouldn't even get to meet you today if it wasn't for painting, mm-hmm. so even though I may not have all these accolades, maybe I'm not in Modern Painters, um, maybe I haven't gotten to PS1, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, um, all that matters is the thing that's in front of me. If it has any um, resonance, if it has any, if it stares at you back, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. You know, it's funny because sometimes my students will say to me, "Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, well, how do you like going to New York? Mm-hmm. How do you do? You know, right, right, right. You're gonna yeah. have to." work like well, what are we gonna do and yeah, yeah it's yeah. way more expensive now than when I first came here. Right, but right, right. you know I when I first came I worked I worked doing windows at Macy's you know right, working right. like eight thirty nine in right, the morning right. I get there and work until 6 or 7 yeah. then I go home eat eat spaghetti because it was cheap right, right. and then paint all night you know <laughs> yeah. but the thing is is like yeah. if you're able to do that thing you love to do yeah then that makes it worth it, you know, like you put the work in or you'll deal with, you know, the financial, like, difficulties sometimes or, you know, getting rejected from every 20 things. I say if you make one out of 20, that's a good, that's good. (laughs) That's funny because I don't even know if I would apply for 20. I mean, I feel like I should not. I feel like maybe I'm just better off on my own, whatever. But I I feel, you know, what's funny is when I moved here, I became a guard. Mm Mm-hmm at the Metropolitan, and 
a lot of the people I went to school with, they got teaching jobs. Right. And then I felt kind of stupid for that. For not, you know, sometimes I'd be standing up there on post and I'd just be like, why did I do this? Why didn't I try? Yeah, but you're at the Met, so it's probably, well, it, you know. It, it, it was funny. I mean, yeah, that's the thing about time mm-hmm. and culture and, and, and that rule. Right, the right. rules. Yeah, yeah. Like what, what the rules were saying was that I took the lesser job. Right. <laughs> and I and I and I became a guard. I didn't you know, I didn't go for that teaching job mm-hmm. and whatever. I mean that was just some of the pressure. Because I think there are pressures that you know, like if you don't get the thing you apply for, which I felt and I think every person feels this, some people deal with it better maybe than others. Mm-hmm. But how do you continue? I mean, everything that you were working on now seems a little bit less dim, you know? Yeah. I, know. I don't know if that's true. I, mean, I don't, I, I have that thing <laughs> where I feel like you have to, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm, you know, for a lot of these things you apply to or you're trying to get into, there's so many people trying to get into them that yeah, I figure, yeah. well, I'm going to have to at least shoot for 10 or 20 of these before <laughs> it's just like the odds you know what I mean yeah yeah because yeah. if I got everything I applied to that would be weird stuff like it would be like, You'd be I, like I don't know that I'm that good you know what yeah, I mean yeah yeah there's a lot of talented people out there so. no extremely extremely I mean I was looking at some of the people that got the thing I applied for the, the, the past winners I was like wow man this is some serious competition yeah you know what I do though that makes me feel better yeah or what I did early on and I keep that image in my mind is uh you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, and I, Warhol was always around, you know. Right, right, right. This is Warhol. I knew it, right. being from there. Right. And I, and I like Warhol, you know. And yeah. I remember seeing that letter he got from the Museum of Modern Art. Oh, yeah. Where he, he sent them a letter saying, like, I'd like to give this painting to you as a gift. And then he yeah. got the return le- rejection letter. It's like, <laughs> it's very yeah. kind of you, but we're good. <laughs> and I think... If he's getting rejected yeah. for a free gift, you know what I mean? I think that gives hope to everyone else to keep you know, at it. You know? You, know, you know, the other thing is, too, the, what I think about what keeps me going is um, that process, the idea of vision, mm-hmm. the idea that all the people that I think we celebrate in history, um, they had a vision. Yeah. They had uh, this one guy I met recently said, like, they had a stance, you know, mm-hmm. like they stood for something. It doesn't matter. But when they did stand for that, then something beautiful happened, right? right? And and I think that's the most powerful thing all the time. Mm-hmm. So if I stay true to myself, whether or not I get these accolades, you know, it doesn't matter, right? Because mm-hmm. I know in the end, I've lived my truth. Mm-hmm. And I can maybe pass that on to somebody else. And that doesn't matter if it's one person or a hundred people. Mm-hmm. I think that if I can live in a way that I inspire one person, that's good enough. Definitely. Yeah. Right? It's real. You know? Yeah, it's real. So I don't need to necessarily do all these things that society's telling me to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's things not usually aren't real. That's the machine yeah, or something. You know? Well, it's, it's a thing, though, but it's very powerful. Yeah. You know, and, and it's that thing, like, how do so many African American males get locked up and not question the game? Yeah. They still, you know, still see brothers sagging. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be able to dress or be the way that they want to. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I know expression is, is important. Mm-hmm. I need to express myself. But I also realize that 
when I express myself, I should be. It's not even my responsibility, right? But I feel like when you when you think consciously, mm-hmm. you rise to consciousness, and then other people around you rise to a consciousness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so hopefully, in my daily journeys, in my daily doings, mm-hmm. that maybe I'm atoning another level of understanding and being. That's what I hope yeah. for. No, definitely. You know? And I think what you're talking about, that path, that kind of like unwritten path that yeah. a lot of people buy into. What? Well, in, like, in the case of the African-American community, that's a really grave and serious thing because you don't mm. want to go to jail. You know, like yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. consequences of that right. are not a good life. Right. But I do think that that exists in so many different cultures with so many different people. This, right. These kind of unwritten things that like, oh, you're just supposed to do that. You know, right. like there's the joke at like, or the, the stereotype, it's like, well, if you're Asian, you're just supposed to be a doctor. Yeah. And yeah. you will have people chase down dreams because of their parents and be miserable. I know, I know. Miserable. And there are other people who are painting and struggling to pay rent or whatever, right. but they're doing something they really feel good about right and they're not doing something for someone else you know right. what I mean yeah. so I think there's so many different levels of what you're talking about that happen to so many different people yeah. and whether I mean you know whether if you're living a life where you're getting thrown in jail or you know that's not a good thing it's not good for the mind it's not good for the body no. and then there's other people who may have like some desk job and it they're just I mean that's why I, you, I, you I, have I, people who you know well yeah equally equally upset equally yeah. trapped take their life or yeah, you're like yeah. how are you doing that you're in a desk <laughs> job you're getting paid or whatever yeah, you're but getting paid on it's funny that you say because I heard this guy this I was just kind of we call it earwigging but mm-hmm. I was kind of listening and just for me, I was having a slice of pizza or something. He's like, I can't work like this. I can't, you know, like, I'm, I'm spending crazy hours away from home. Like, mm-hmm. And you think about those dudes, too. Like, you know, we call it, like, chasing paper. Mm-hmm. But you're chasing the money. You're trying to make money. But you're never at home. Yeah. You, ha- you have no life. Your life is, like, Right, so that's the flip up. side. Because you'd be like, you know, other people don't necessarily understand. They're like, no, if you if I'm making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars, I'd be so happy. Be like, well, you know, that comes along with a price too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's like the uh, was it uh, Kanye lyric is like uh, yeah. having money isn't everything, but not having it is. Yeah. It's true, you know. Yeah. And they say that something like if you make, yeah. and I heard this, I don't know if it's true. If you make over like seventy thousand dollars, right, right. Like, yeah. no matter how much more you make over that... It's never going to be enough. It's not going to make you any happier. Like, right. there's, there is a comfort of just being able to pay the bills oh, and getting by and putting food on the table, but yeah. after that, yeah. there's plenty of people yeah. who are no. making tons of money who are miserable. Yeah. You know, it's a, yeah. And I think... I don't, I'm biased. I mean, we do a similar thing. <laughs> I think if you find something you love to do... Yeah, yeah. That fulfills a big part of your person. You it know? does. It and, does. It, and it makes you want to live life in a different way, I think, than, yeah. than if you have that gap. Right. Where it's easier to fill that gap with anger, yes. frustration, right. Right. whatever it is. Whatever yes. the default trap is right. in, in, from your upbringing. I think that, in a way, when you put money aside, I think that is, again, that's one of the greatest gifts. Mm-hmm. And I think not to be... Um, sort of controlled of how you want to be as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be whoever you want to be. You can be an electrician. You can be. You can clean swimming pools. You know. I mean, I don't. And all I'm saying is, that I do think that sometimes we don't look at that. You know, we look at education as this 
as this tool, mm-hmm. right, to a means. But we don't necessarily look at the things that we're studying. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, so no, no, no. I get the degree, but I just studied philosophy and, you know, I don't even know, degenerative thinking. And you get out in the real world, like, what is that? And then all the philosophy that you've studied, you know, uh, goes to, you know, outside the door, Mm -hmm. you know, because you got your Con Edison, right? You got to take the job doing the window. (laughs) And you really wanted to write your own philosophy, (laughs) add to the story, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's true. I think about inventors the same way sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know? I feel like that that idea of being an inventor has gotten lost somewhere. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I just you know when I think about farms and the way that we go as a society, where we where we where we've headed, mm-hmm. or what, how we consume and consume at such a rate, um, we also consume minds. Yeah. You know, definitely. I think about that too. I mean, that was the other thing. A lot of my friends, some of my friends that I lost, or you know, some of the people that I knew, you know, playing sports was a big part of my growing up. Yeah. I mean, sports. My 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 cousins' sons play sports, and their dads. My cousins, you know, they coached. You know, it's it's so. And then I think, well, it's not a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. But. We've seen so many African American guys on the football field, in, in the, on the basketball courts, but so few in the nurse's office right. has the doctor, mm-hmm. or even has the nurse, mm-hmm. um, the dentist. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're like, we don't feel these other pockets of society, mm-hmm. and so and he's like, well, why don't we feel those pockets of society? And then I think we. We've never really given ourselves the chance, and um, it's partially that unwritten rule or the unwritten. Well, it's definitely thing. accepting accepting things. I mean, you know, I and, I and that's the thing about information. It's not that information is. I think knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. You can never get away, but but the more you know, the more you can ask. Yeah. The more you can understand or try to understand other things, mm-hmm. you know. My grandmother used to have a saying that the older people get, the the more they get into their ways. Right. And that's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I always wanted to sort of be the opposite of that, and and and, and the older I get, the more I want to know. Yeah. And the more I want to do, the yeah, more I, I want to read. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> but maybe maybe what we do in being creative facilitates that. Whereas yeah. if you're working. A con ed, yeah. You don't have time for, or you just, you know what I mean. You're scraping, right. you're scraping by, and you you don't have that. Mm. Somehow that that the beauty of wanting to keep open right. gets squashed right. in the day to day. Right. And then I, I, and it gets filled with like buying an iPhone or buying a you know new pair of shoes or something <laughs> like a quick fix. Yeah. It was funny because like yesterday when I was like working on this painting, and sometimes you know. I guess a lot of our life does this exist on a stroke, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter sometimes, but then sometimes how that thing is on the on the surface, that's like your day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you can't really tell people that, you know what I mean? Because no, no there's no way that, that, there's no brand for that. It's not Nike cool. Right, right. <laughs> That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I just sat and stared at the wall for like three hours today trying to figure things out. Yeah, I had this. Yeah, I had all this house paint 
from my job, and then I all mixed it together, and it became the solution, and I just tried it out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I but that's it. so important. I mean, that, I think that's for us. That's that's the breakthrough, maybe. Yeah. I'm always thinking about breakthrough, too. Right. Like, I, I love the idea. I, 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 not, I just love imagining, you know, and I know the studio life is not magic. Mm-hmm. It's very blunt. Work. That's yeah. the other thing people don't get. It, it's not. It's not. It's not even because sometimes I come here, and I'm you know happy and sad, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. I'm not. But I, you can't really always talk about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if I'm thinking about money all the time, I can't. I mean, I've made paintings about that, but I can't always put that in the painting. Right. I mean, I, I just. I think as painters, we go beyond that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to reach past. But it's hard when you're, you know. Well, it's just a powerful thing. I mean, I, I, having a studio practice is so important. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know. I think studio practice is almost everything. Yeah. And then, and then it is just about trial and error. It's not, you know, is this working or is it not? Mm-hmm. Is it exciting, you know? Like, I think about Mondrian's Broadway Boogie Woogie all yeah. the time. Like, sometimes I think when those guys stepped away from the easel or when they when they walked away from the painting what they were thinking about that like being in front of them you know what I'm saying yeah. like and that was revolutionary at the time like people weren't yeah they were, no they weren't and, and we still I think sometimes don't even get to that yeah because we're so I don't know if it's you know we just spoon fed so much yeah it, Always, you know, there's, I don't know, you know, I've been hearing lately, like, this this conversation, like, it was funny with the Peter Doig, mm-hmm. and some, I guess some people are saying, well, he's trying to, he draws so good, but he's trying to make himself draw worse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> trying to unlearn. That's like a new idea, like, when I draw, like, Michelangelo, I gotta cruelly right. make, my, like, I have to force myself to make a du buffet, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and maybe it's not worse. Maybe it's just, it's just you know, like if you look at like someone like Sun Ra. He's a classically trained pianist. Right, like he can right, play. Right. But he wanted to just yeah. tweak everything. Yeah. Not get ungood, but it, well, he was. Right. He wanted to get yeah. out. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like yeah. Break away. See. See. When. See. So that's the thing of language, isn't it? Because I think well, we just took that one to another place. Mm-hmm. Because when you do think about, he's not trying to draw worse. He's trying to take it to another place. Yes. Yeah, wow. something unfamiliar. Unfamiliar not to polished. his own head. Right, yeah, right. something. They felt very Matisse like to me, actually. But that was interesting because when you say that, these words, see, that's another thing about language. Um, it's difficult. Yeah. Because words in an instantaneous moment, almost like a painting, can become either positive or negative. Yeah. Right? And there's, can, there's, there's <laughs> the intent. And is the interpretation, yeah. which sometimes can be very different too. Yeah. It's tricky. That's why we paint, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is something. The unspoken aspect of painting. Well, is also though, people would never look at language like that. I think sometimes if they weren't painters. Yeah, yeah. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because maybe know, writers. Writers, but I mean, no yeah. writers do too. But I mean, not I, like common. Think, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think not your common person, maybe. Because right. if you look at movies, sometimes like Hollywood movies, mm-hmm. um, and the idea that, like, Hitchcock used to be Hollywood. Yeah. 
and now it's like I don't know say that Transformers is a bad movie but I almost preferred it as a cartoon in some ways right. because and it's not Transformers the movie it's the Transformer idea that every movie sometimes you watch there's these scenes right like the bomb scene mm-hmm. the shots you know the, the, the killing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the scene the right. scene right so you're thinking well all these people digesting this yeah sometimes must not be questioning the canon that much because if we all stop going to those stupid movies mm-hmm. and they all got thumbs down, they probably stop making them. Right. But, you know, we get crazy for those, like, chase movies, mm-hmm. you know, like, what's that movie? It was the, the the one where the guy actually died driving his car really fast. It's not speed. It's um, not, what is it, like, I, I can't even think oh, of Oh, Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, anyway, it's just funny because I think people who are creative... I, I think there's is this, and then maybe not even being creative. Maybe we all need to be like this, not mm-hmm. just creative people. Mm-hmm. But we do need to think about the things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we consume. Right. And I think painting makes you, you you become a pigment. You know, when you're a painter, mm-hmm. you become aware of colors that you don't have. That when you're making a color, it makes you very aware of things. I think it makes you aware of other human beings. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, it's something to it, though. I think some people, too, get comforted in not thinking about that for some reason. Or, like, they want to go to the movie and just know what's going to happen. Yeah, and there's, yeah. like, a familiarity or some, like, something comforting about that. Right. It's like, I'm going to go spend two hours seeing the same movie I've seen, like, 50 times in the last three years. Right, right. And I'll love it. Yeah. Instead of going to see something yeah. like a Hitchcock movie, which is will challenge you. you know? right. Like, Rope is one scene, basically. The whole movie is one scene. So. I don't know. That's just something. It, t- it say, demands how do, more. How do, how do we... How do, how do you, and that's the thing, right? Like, how do you, because when you think about painters, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so much painting out there. I mean, and not that it's getting celebrated, all of it. But yeah. how do you make the thing that it feels like the Hitchcock? Or right. it feels, you know, like I've been looking at Dolly. I know a lot of people don't like Dolly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in the, in the academic world. But, but when you look at certain Dolly paintings, he goes to another level yeah like it's it's crazy but he's making something and it's crazy next to this other thing that he made (laughs) how did he get there well then i always think about like the revolution of craft will just you know like i want to make something that is not maybe has a different type of time in it Mm -hmm. And and maybe it's a time that speaks to my time, but it's not. I don't know. This is just something I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your paintings too, like the paintings themselves. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, you said that you work really long and hard. Either you keep reworking things. Do you work a long time on your work, or does it happen quick? Well, I mean, it just depends on every painting. But the paintings that you're seeing right now. Um, like this guy on the horse, I'm just trying to get back. It's almost a response to the to the Kara Walker, mm-hmm. and um, I just think the image of being black is so is so depressed sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
So I just came up with this idea that what if I tried to talk to my ancestors or think about my ancestors more in a a spiritual way, maybe like a more Native American way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know how they say that there were certain Africans that did mix with Indians mm-hmm. and supposedly if you have Indian blood, you can, it always turns out to be money. You know, like, well, if you got Indian, 5% Indian blood, you can get like, you know, 10% off your taxes or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of money. Uh, well, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be a jerk when no, I say no, that. I I'm not, but they're never like, if if I have 5% Indian in me, then I would say maybe I have something very holy in me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just like a religious thing, but that's just like on a spiritual level. Uh, I, I just want more, I guess, right now. I, I want to talk about more. I want to talk about what it means to be black, but maybe in a way like, not supreme, but... I feel this feeling like if you could close your eyes mm-hmm. and just imagine the sun just beaming into your body, like not not shining on you, like like when you get a suntan, but right. like actually beaming into your core, like so you feel it inside your pores and you feel it on your skin, almost to where you like get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? as a black man mm-hmm. for me and that's what I'm trying to uh, I mean get <laughs> that doesn't sound easy that sounds real I mean intense. I, you see my attempt right no, here definitely, definitely. <laughs> I mean I don't know I don't even know if, if it's coming across I'm not gonna do too no no I I, I'm not gonna do too many I mean I'm just gonna do a few cause you know I also think about Giacometti you know right, right. and, and I, I saw this Giacometti video so but I this moment you know, these two ones, like this one and, mm-hmm. and that one, um, that's definitely what they're about. So yeah. that's that's what I'm thinking. They're about. real physical, too, you know? It's like there's a real yeah. kind of, they have that, you could see the process in them, you know? Yeah, well, th- and that, thank you for saying that. And I don't know sometimes if that's boring, if it's whack. Um, that's what I was drawn to. You oh, know, yeah. like it, it drew me into the paintings. That that real feeling of yeah, yeah. this is like made in time. Like, you yeah, know, there's yeah. a real tactile yeah. nature to it. Yeah. Well, I kind of love that. I, I like that in the big one, too. Like, there's, maybe there can be these moments, you know. I went to a panel discussion. I don't know if you ever do that, the art critical ones. No, I haven't been to the it, review panels. Yeah, yeah. Well, they just had this thing of abstraction and figuration merging together, mm-hmm. which I think they have for a very long time. Right. Um, but, you know, again, that's another language thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe how do we talk about the obvious but in another way right. other than just saying, like, hey, it's David Park, you know. Right, right. Go back to David Park. <laughs> <laughs> David Park, he looked at Matisse. He's like, all right, no, I'm going to start at David Park, though. I'm going to move up from there. <laughs> Done. That's it. That's a wrap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he was pretty, pretty much merging the two really well. Yeah, uh, I think that guy's pretty prolific. Yeah, yeah. And he's another visionary that I can't get over yeah. somehow. Um, those end paintings to the very end, mm-hmm. compared to those figurative paintings. Right. And then it's early. You know, it's yeah. you know um, the ones in San Francisco. Some mm-hmm. of those landscapes. Man, I mean. What incredible, oh man, just 
to me, that guy, then to me, these people, they weren't worried about applying. Right. You know, they weren't yeah. worried about applying paint. They weren't worried about, like, I got to write this, and I got to get this mm-hmm. in by, like, June 2nd. He's like, no, like, you sit over there in that chair, <laughs> like, yeah. put this beautiful hat on, <laughs> you I'm know, gonna stay there. I'm going to get to work. <laughs> Yeah, something pure about I'm a, that, right? I think that's more pure. Yeah. Um, I wish I didn't have to worry about that other stuff. Yeah, but the purity is nice, you know, in the, in the way that you're working, too, because it feels like it's it's about that process. You, like, you feel mm. the process happening. Mm. So there's all the iconography and those relationships of the images and mm. what that can mean, mm. and then there's also the dedication to the physical side of investing in the paint and mm. moving things around, yeah. which I think you feel. Yeah, yeah. It's a really nice combination. No, thanks, man. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. This one is, like, really interesting, this diving one, because the motion... Yeah. yeah. You know, when you look at a pool and it's very still until they hit that water, right, but this exactly. feels like it's already... Mm-hmm. Jumping right. before well, they hit it. No, it's nice, man. Yeah, that was that's a part of my Olympic series, and um, I I did another one. It's I'm I'm gonna show them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should come see them if you can. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm pretty excited because they'll all be together. And um, this is another one too. You can't. It's on its side. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I just it's believe, a diver, right? Yeah, she's and she's falling too. But I mean, she's diving into the water. But mm-hmm. it's a nice. I think it's a nice moment. Um, there was something about the Olympics that I really liked. It's kind of what we're talking about, like being in tune. Mm-hmm. And and the one thing that I liked about the divers um, was that, that that moment of trusting your body, trusting your decisions. Yeah. Um, you got like two seconds to do about ten flips or something. You you're know going I mean? all in. And you're going all in. No U-turns. Yeah. <laughs> So if you so you know what I mean, like you have yeah. to trust yourself so much at that moment of what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, and and I really I I really enjoy that. It's intense. The idea. Yeah, I, I knew a diver. Yeah. Intense. <laughs> it's an intense sport. And yeah. Very, you know, yeah. it's it's just that person. Yeah, and I like, did. You think tennis is solo? <laughs> that's solo. You know, that's yeah. really intense. Yeah. yeah. And, and I did a dive this summer. I used to do some more. We used to have a diving pool when I was in junior high. I used to go to the swimming pool a lot. Mm-hmm. And there was one. It was like the first tour. I don't know how many feet it was. But that thing used to be scary to dive. But when you look down at that water and, and you're about 10 feet up, you know it. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're thinking about like <laughs> 50, 60, I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know how people do that. <laughs> Right, I think I'd climb back down that ladder. <laughs> yeah. I was never a water. Because it's the thing, like you look at it and then you go up there, and if you do anything wrong from that height, it's mm-hmm. over the pain. Yeah, the pain is excruciating. There will be a, a red mark on you <laughs> for a while, <laughs> and a big splash. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. And that's kind of like being an artist. I mean, you're diving in. Yeah, Hold no. On. Yeah, and and and. And trusting things too, yeah, you know what definitely. I mean? Like, you know, you like kind of, and yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that for that reason. And then the other reason why I was painting those things too is what they allowed me to do, um, space-wise, like yeah. paint-wise, right? So, so if you do think, talk about the Mondrian, it's like, oh, this red is over here, just a, you know, like a quadrant or mm-hmm. something like this, but it's speaking to that blue over here. Right. So I kind of like those things, and that's what I think is nice about that one, mm-hmm. 
is that they're kind of frozen in this moment, but there's also like this this rhythm. Yeah. That happens too. Right. This repetitive thing, mm-hmm. and that's a visual thing. Yeah, it works. Even the flag in there. It's funny how the flag starts to become just. <laughs> The rhythm of the paint marks. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's awesome. Or the logo, you know, like all those things just be start to become like color, sound, texture, and rhythm through the whole thing, which what? is really what makes them win. Yeah, is like kind of like a real rhythm in what? there, no, that's and cool. a grace and a speed to it. Yeah, it's a nice. Yeah, it's, it works. No, the that. text is cool in that too. No, it, it's a different kind of language, but it, it's working in the same way. Thank you for saying that. Good stuff. That. No, uh, I mean, I think music is important to me. I didn't know you were so into music. But I'm into music. <laughs> yeah, I, I was tell. a jazz DJ in college for what? like five That's years. Crazy. And played music. That's Still dope. play. What? Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah, I love it. I was just uh, last, yesterday trying to learn uh, Bobby Timmons' uh, uh, like an Art Blakey song on piano. What? When I was a kid... I had piano lessons from a guy who was really weird, what? and I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, bad experience yeah. freaked me out. Piano yeah. freaked me out. <laughs> like, so me. I played sax, I played guitar, oh, and all this other that's stuff. So cool. And lately, I've been yeah. watching people play piano. I was like, man, I don't really want to do that. So I'm working on it. But yeah. It's a work in progress, man. I look at Thelonious Monk videos, and I'm like, there's no way. This is just not gonna happen. But yeah, it's, it's music is huge, and, yeah. and I love the relationship between music and art. I think it's a real. Um, they're so different, but there's they're so similar, and there's when you compare things, it really. I mean, that's why sound and vision. That's what I would call the podcast that because it's about right. where the two things meet. You no, know? that's awesome. It's awesome, man. It really makes me happy to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a while, I was making these paintings. I mean, I I, I wanted to collect musical instruments, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I have a few, but not too many. But I had a couple, but but I wanted to kind of try to paint these paintings that could sound like rap. Yeah. But other than, like, you know, how you see like the paintings of Tupac or Biggie. Right, right. I was like, man, how can I? how can I make this sound like that? Like, just these rhythms within the painting mm-hmm. be like a rap song. So I, I tried for a bit. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound easy either. <laughs> I think, I, you know, you could take something out of that. You know, like, yeah. it, it doesn't even have to be the whole picture. It could just be like a flow. Yeah. And you're trying to get that flow into yeah. the way that you're applying paint no right. one might even know yeah yeah but to you there's that connection yeah. and usually yeah. it comes out you know right. even unconsciously yeah. people feel it yeah I think so you know I mean I even stopped listening to rap at a certain point like I got mad I couldn't take it anymore the cursing and the yeah, yeah. and that's when I got crazy in the jazz you know yeah. what I mean and I started listening to like Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. I got crazy in the Stevie Wonder for a while and then I started listening to a whole bunch of Jimmy mm-hmm and I got Jimmy crazy for a yeah. while. <coughs> I was like, <clears throat> I was like trying to move and go down the line, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and and because to me music was just, it was su- it's such an extension. Yeah. And I know people have felt this, but music across cultures has been. It's one of the you can turn a song on. It's amazing. It'll make you want to dance. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. Right. You hear <laughs> salsa, your hips are moving. It doesn't, it doesn't matter where you're from. It's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's universal. It's, That's the beauty of it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So I, I, And I think certain images are like that for people. 
too. So I don't. I think certain things it doesn't have to be a painting. It doesn't, you know, it can be sculpture, or movie, or. But I think certain things ring ring true like that mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah. Things that are well, I, and I, with language is always a. I, I gave this talk recently, mm-hmm. and I was talking about the word epic, mm-hmm. and um, which I think I got from my teacher, um, and I, he, I think he really made me think about that and kind of believe that it can't exist, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of people are like, what does that mean? What does it mean to make something epic? And I think that's a hard question, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it is something that is has vitality. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't matter about time or whatever. But I think it's about something coming together that all, everything is just hit on the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when you think about some of those Peter Doig paintings, like there's that one of the three guys with by the tree in the right. water. You know, yeah. and I would, I mean, I would go say that's that's probably like an epic image, mm-hmm. um, because it does something, and it, all those things are kind of coming together at once, and and it doesn't. I you know. It, I don't think it's about hard labor. Maybe it's the choice of these elements, mm-hmm. these people, the, the the mixture of the three. You know what I mean? Um, the elements, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Elements, uh, and that, that's that's music too. I think a lot of rap, like I like Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. a lot, but he's not just like some of those other dudes who have just the bass. Right. And if, which can be nice too sometimes, yeah. but he really has something to say, right? So he gets on another epic level of of rap to me, mm-hmm. and to me that's what is epic—something that kind of just it, it kind of transforms you too. Yeah, he's really creative too. You know, it's not yeah. just—he's not going down that road like you were talking about. This is what you're supposed to do. Like, oh, right. well, if I'm from you know the south, right. Kind of right. a trap or you know like I gotta have this beat or whatever yeah well he the way he mixed things like there was that one album where he's like talking to Tupac mm-hmm. and then Tupac says you know like black men in this country by the time they hit 30 they don't want to do anything anymore they get tired you know mm-hmm. like they don't want to work out they and, and I feel like man that guy he said that and there's some truth to that mm-hmm. and um I do feel like there's a there's a you can see sometimes in 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 African Americans a little bit of that you know that's the thing like you if you go to Harlem and you look for that flame sometimes you don't feel that flame mm-hmm. you know you you feel something that that feels lost uh, I don't know I mean probably <laughs> it's exhaustion <intense>. too. <laughs> Well, I mean, not easy life. <laughs> easy. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, when we live life, you know, like you were saying, it doesn't matter. Sometimes, if you got that rich job, sometimes mm-hmm. those people are deeply depressed. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of psychiatry and pills exist for those right. people. Yeah. We don't know that, you don't see that, but you know, they could be stressed out to the max. You know, you you just would never know. Yeah. But yeah, I. I it doesn't matter, but I think when you have somebody like Kendrick Lamar, I think that is in tune and maybe doing something great, mm-hmm. 
somehow to me that's like a a, a piece of fire and somehow I want to get my my thing stuck in yeah. you know what I mean I want I want to get a piece of that fire mm-hmm. for myself and how I internalize that like what we're talking about mm-hmm. I internalize it but maybe I can make that into something yeah and I think that's that's inspiration mm-hmm. right that's being aware of, of true creativity um, and seeing somebody reach for something do you know what I'm saying yeah, definitely. like I feel like he's probably doing the same thing that you're doing when you get into that kind of tunnel vision of creativity and what you, and like you're you know you, you believe in something and you're trying to make that you're trying to realize it you know yeah yeah and like the people he collaborates with just like that Kamasi Washington and Thundercat and Lotus all those guys I think have that vision right you know? yeah no it's true I think it, you can feel it yeah know? no then I, I grew up with rap too like I remember my one of my best friends growing up brought me a tape of Houdini you know and like from there on right it was all that stuff but I always kind of gravitated towards the the diggable planets or like the people who were creative yeah 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 I know you You know (laughs) it's just like weren't afraid to just tweak it you know and I think Kendrick does that in you know in a kind of coming from Compton in a certain sound but he's still tweaking it right no very much so and I think you I think whether it's painting whether it's Sculpture, whether no matter what it is, if you have that right. that vision, you yeah, know, yeah, like people will not everyone. Mm-hmm. Some people will cast it off or just say it's just like this or that or whatever. But right. real people will will see it and understand like this, these people are trying to say something. You know, yeah, and appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that's what's cool about what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because normally I wouldn't have this opportunity. Um, you know, to speak about myself, or yeah, yeah. and I think the more that we do that, I think I see what you're doing is almost like taking control mm-hmm. a little bit of your time, yeah. And and instead of being the bystander and like waiting for you know WNYC or something, not, right. not that I'm saying, but yeah, that's yeah. what we do. You know, like right. if I could get on WNYC, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. it's not. Oh, but Brian, you know, you you the Brian, you know, it's like yeah. no, nah, I don't know, you know, but you, I need you, you know, like we need right, each right. other, you know. How about we, we do it for ourselves? Well, know? I think there's a power in that, yeah. you know, and 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 I think that's something that we don't celebrate more. Right. I agree, and I think on Facebook we do it in that electronic way. Mm-hmm. But we don't do it in that, you know, like physical way. Like real, I see certain, yeah. like real, like you know, like it's like you know, somebody opens up. I I don't know. I feel like there was some of that started to happen in Bushwick a little mm-hmm. bit, and then it kind of feels like it's maybe I don't know changed a little bit with, yeah. with everything. But I think there was a moment in Bushwick where it was for it. It was feeling like it was for everyone. Right. <laughs> and then real estate came. In. Well. <laughs> Which is inevitable, right? <laughs> you know? I mean, how do you, how can you stay a Puritan in a in a society sometimes, the one that we live in? Yeah. Um, where fame and the mm-hmm. things that cause wars and the ego. Yeah. Um, I think that the humanness sometimes kills it out. Right. I think we get afraid of, of that. It's like a utopian society. Yeah. yeah. But I think we need that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that makes that makes us that makes us alive. Right. But when you when you are when you're the one that's kind of bringing that connection, mm-hmm. you have to be a powerful enough person to let that explode and not 
not want to control it too much. Yeah, yeah. And I think that happens in the art world, you know. Yeah. Everybody's the little, you know, they're all like the bobbleheads right. in a way, you know. Right. Like, look at my, you know, look mm-hmm. at my, look at my, you know, it's not, I don't always think it's about education. Yeah. It's just, a, Edu- I mean, the, individuals it, trying to do what they want to do, you know. Yeah, well, you think about some of the great artist run spaces in the 60s, like who showed this person first, or, you know, I can't think of them all, you know, but there's, there's some movements out there that was started by artist run galleries, yeah. you know, that people in the 60s said, look, I wanted, or the 50s, you know, my school was like that, you know, the mm-hmm. studio school was put together by ideas, people coming together, and, and, and to me in a very un-egotistical way. Yeah. And whenever you get that, when you can, I think that becomes very powerful. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, and yeah. I and I feel like it it, it happens. It and it does. I mean, it, I think it's happening maybe now mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You know, I just think it could be even on a more grandiose level than yeah. what it is for the people to say, "I'm taken back." Mm-hmm. Not you know like. You know, I had this great thing about the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just a thing, but, you know, everybody's, like, take a knee, right? Mm-hmm. But actually what everybody should do is not watch the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. If everybody did not watch the Super Bowl, man, those guys would be... Yeah. That's powerful <laughs> to them. Yeah, yeah. That's totally true. They would be taking a knee to get the viewers back. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> that's really their main They'd be like, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if every American brown... White, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, yellow, every all those sports people out there just said, "No watch." That whole Sunday didn't even watch ABC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the whole, <laughs> just the, yeah, yeah. just the whole channel got boom. Yeah, <laughs> they would be like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> and all those people paid advertisements. They be like, they be they be puking because yeah. nobody would see it. <laughs> no one's buying the Doritos. They're like, "Do we have a Facebook page? Because we better post that." <laughs> That's true. Maybe we should call call for that. But, but if that unless happens. my Steelers are in it, then I gotta watch, man. I gotta see, watch. See, but see, the more you say no, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. As as the collective, that you're not gonna spoon feed me. I'm not. You know, I you know I used to say to my son, you know, don't. It's not like he has to listen to me. I mean, my son can do what he wants. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I, I love my sons, but I used to say, let don't don't put on the uniform. And I think a lot of those guys don't think about that. Mm-hmm. They think about I'm expressing myself, you know. But if you have on a flip back and you're sagging just a little bit and you got on a pair of high tops and, you, you know, it's, it's just a, you know what I mean? And you're yeah. supposed to look like that right. too because that's what the rappers are wearing. Mm-hmm. So now you're wearing it. But now when you're out on the street, and you catching the subway, mm-hmm. they're not looking at anybody else. Right, they're right. kind of just looking at you. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> just a different context. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is like, you know, it's just funny. Man. Yeah, yeah, it is. So why don't you um, let anyone who's listening know how they can find your work, like online, where where they can see what you're doing, what you got coming up, or any information you want to share with people. Thanks, man. Um, well. My website's like, I don't know, it's kind of whack right now. I mean, I just, I'm having a hard time with the whole concept of Instagram. Online, social, everything? Well, I mean, sometimes when I post stuff, I just do it. Um, I'm doing it because I'm told I have to do it in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I start treating it like it's an art form Mm -hmm. in itself. Right. Like So when I post these things, then... 
and not like my finished piece. I almost consider them like little vignettes. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, not like, you know, but like these, these little moments. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I can like say a few words. And I think that's kind of cool because yeah. then it's more like a, a poem in progress. It's a sketch or something. So we yeah. linked my website up to my Instagram because mm-hmm. that's the thing that we do nowadays. So yeah. you can look at my website. It's clintelstate.com. Mm-hmm. But it's just going to be constantly like, I don't know, under transition right. for now unless I go back to the the real way and just make it static and put a few finished images on yeah. there which I may do that in the end I don't know I'm still thinking about it but right. and then uh, other than that like I said I have a show up at um, a space called One Gap mm-hmm. um, and that's that's in Brooklyn mm-hmm. by the Brooklyn Library I don't know if you know of this space I don't know this space um, this is famous building um, that this, it's right across the street from the Brooklyn Library. Mm-hmm. I can't remember this architect's name. I feel really bad, but it's a pretty famous building. Yeah. But anyway, that date and time um, is not yet to be um, disclosed. Okay. Um, but it will but be. It's in, It will be in January for sure. But we don't know the exact date. Okay. Um, and I could probably get. I I can email you the information yeah, yeah. if you want to put it up. Sure. Um, and other than that, just. I usually tell people if they want to see my work and they want to see kind of how I am as a painter, mm-hmm. just to Google my name yeah. and look up images. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, a lot of people ask me, what do you paint? Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what materials do you use? And things like that. And I, I try to be more like that person we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of organic. Mm-hmm. Um, where my Where my life is leading me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I've made political paintings, but then I've painted landscapes. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a portrait from life right now, too. Mm-hmm. So, I just paint what I feel. Doing what you feel. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thanks. Thanks Thank for you, taking man. all this Thank time. You, man. Let me come in here and check out your stuff. <laughs> no, it's really it's an honor. Great. It's been great. If you guys made it to the end, God bless you, too. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review Sound and Vision on iTunes. You can find studio snapshots and additional information at soundandvisionpodcast.com. You can find more information about my own paintings and animations at paintchanger.com. Thanks for listening and supporting this podcast, and thanks to all the artists who share their stories with me.